opens with the expression, it came to pass. Uh, because, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes when you have had the types of life's experiences that I have had, you just get excited when you see the expression in Scripture, it came to pass. Uh-huh. Uh, you get excited because, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't mind playing on the words with me, it suggests that something came, but whatever came did not have permanent duration. It came to pass. And if you recall and take an inventory of your own week this week, you can testify that some things came your way this week. But the fact that you're still on the top side of the earth today suggests that whatever it is that came your way didn't come to stay, it came to pass. It didn't just come to pass, but it came and passed. If you're still with me, say yes. Whenever you're ready to sleep, just let me know. Is anybody here with me today? But the Bible said that the text opens with the expression, it came to pass, that God did tempt Abraham and said to him, Abraham, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of Moriah. Now, now, now ladies and gentlemen, there is a conflict or a tension in the text, if you please. Because the text tells me in the King James Version of the Bible that it came to pass that God did tempt Abraham. But then, ladies and gentlemen, I, I ran over to James chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. And James chapter 1, 12 and 13 tells me, let no man say when he's tempted that he's tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt any man. But every man when he's tempted, he's drawn away of his own lust. And when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is conceived, it brings forth death. But then Genesis chapter 22 says that God did tempt Abraham. Oh, help me Jesus. But James chapter 1 said that God tempts no man. I'm going to say it until two more people get it. But Genesis chapter 22 says that God tempts Abraham. But James chapter 1 said God tempts no man. Are you still with me today? Now how, ladies and gentlemen, do I then reconcile Genesis with James? Because Genesis is telling me that God tempts. But James is telling me that God does not tempt. Am I talking to anybody in the church? For ladies and gentlemen, we go to the original language of the Bible and the original Hebrew language of the Bible said it came to pass that God did test Abraham. I, I want the church to understand my own personal excitement with a concept that God tested Abraham and did not in fact tempt Abraham. Because there are significant differences between temptings and testings. A temptation is designed for you to fail. But a test is always designed for you to pass. A temptation originates with the devil. But test comes from God. Help me Jesus. Am I talking to anybody in the church? I said when the devil tempts, the temptation is for you to fail. 
But when God tests you, then God intends for you to pass. Is anybody in the church? And I know what I'm talking about because the Bible tells me that God will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you're able to bear. But even with the temptations, he has already made a way of escape. Am I talking to anybody in the church? Whatever the test comes your way, ladies and gentlemen, the test comes your way because God knows that you are ready to pass the test. Oh, help me, Jesus. I, I, you, 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 know, you, know, you know, teachers, teachers, teachers gives tests and exams, if you please, to their students. Are you still here? Watch your preacher. The tests, plural, that the teacher gives is designed to measure the growth of the student on the particular subject area. Are you still with me? Thank you. It's designed to measure the growth of the student in the particular subject area or the particular discipline. When the test is given by the teacher, according to the scores that the student produces, the teacher will know whether or not the student is ready to advance to the next grade level. When God tests you, ladies and gentlemen, God doesn't test you so God can know what level you're on. Because God already knows what level you are. But when God tests you, God tests you so that you can know what level you are. Because sometimes we fool ourselves and we think we are stronger than we are. We think we are bolder than we are. We think we're more advanced than we are. We think we've got it more than we do. Is anybody in the church with me? And so sometimes God has to test you so that you can see where you are. So the teacher gives a fourth grade test. Because the teacher's hope is to advance the student to fifth grade. Is anybody here? But if the student does not pass the test... Oftentimes, ladies and gentlemen, if you're from where I'm from, then the student must repeat the grade. Is anybody here? Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, God gives you fourth grade material. Am I talking to you? But ladies and gentlemen, we either run away from the test, do not take the test, or fail the test, and so God cannot advance you to the next level. Am I talking to you? And so we look around in church and we, we see people doing that and we hear people doing this and we ask ourselves, how comes, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot do what she's doing, say what she's saying, because God has already advanced him or her to the next grade level. But God cannot give you fifth grade material when you have not yet mastered fourth grade material. Am I talking to anybody in the church? Because ladies and gentlemen, a test is designed to produce a testimony. You, you, you're not here. I said a test is designed to produce a testimony because there's no test without a testimony. And there is no testimony without a test. Is anybody in the church with me? And that is why oftentimes you hear folk repeat the same testimony for the past 20 years. 
Because they've been stuck in the same place. Am I talking to anybody in the church? There are folk that get up to testify and you can recite verbatim what they're going to say. Because it's been the same one. Am I talking to anybody in the church? And then somebody else, ladies and gentlemen, will come with a new testimony every Wednesday night meeting. Can I talk to the church? Because they've had a new experience with God. And sometimes we ask ourselves, how come I can testify like him? Because you cannot be tested like him. The Bible said that God tested Abraham. And said to him, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Is anybody with me today? Ladies and gentlemen, according to biblical record, the experience of Abraham with God has been one of testings and trials. In fact, preceding this particular occasion... Abraham has already gone through nine different, nine different experiences with God. Is anybody in the church? I want the church to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that the Bible is very specific in its language. The Bible said it came to pass after these things. What things is it to which the Bible refers? Is anybody in the church with me today? Now, ladies and gentlemen, the experience of Abraham with God has been such. In Genesis 12, verse 1, God commanded him to leave his home. In verse 10, Abraham is forced to visit Egypt because of a famine. And then forced to make a decision to protect himself and his wife by declaring that his wife is his sister. In verse 15, he lost his wife to Pharaoh. In chapter 14 and verse 13, he's forced to rescue his nephew Lot. In chapter 16, verse 2 and 3, he's forced one more time by his wife to lie with her maid in order to fulfill God's promise. In chapter 17 and verse 23, he had to circumcise all the male members of his household. Chapter 20 and verse 2, he lost his wife a second time. And by chapter 21 and verse 11, he must make the heart-wrenching decision to abandon one of his children. Yet the Bible said it was after these things that God tested Abraham. For sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, when we are going through the classroom experience... We can confuse the classroom experience for the test. But ladies and gentlemen, oftentimes what we're experiencing is not yet the test, but the class. Oh, help me, Jesus. Am I talking to anybody in the church? Because even though all of these experiences of Abraham have been severe, the Bible said that none of these constituted the test. It was after all of these things that God actually tested him. Oh, help me, Jesus. Can I talk to the church? So you lost a job. And you thought that that was the test. Uh, and then you lost your health. And you thought that that was the test. 
and then folk begin to talk about you and you thought that that was a test. Is anybody in the church with me? But then ladies and gentlemen, God came to you and said what you thought was the test was not even the test. That was the class. The test hasn't come yet. But Abraham, ladies and gentlemen, never questioned God. The Bible says that Abraham followed God wholeheartedly. Because sometimes God will ask us to bear the unbearable, to do what seems unreasonable, and to expect what appears impossible. Is anybody in the church with me? Now ladies and gentlemen, please understand that the Bible said that God said to Abraham, take now your son. Is anybody here? Now please understand that God is very specific. Are you still with me? God said to Abraham, take now your son. Yes? Abraham could have rebutted God and said, well, I have two. So God said, take now your son, your only son. Oh, hold on, Jesus. Abraham could have still said, I have two. So God went ahead and answered that rebuttal before. God said, the one you love. Help me, Jesus. So watch me. Take now your son. Which one? Your only son. I have two. I know you have two, but I only gave you one. The church quiet. Help me, Jesus. Am I talking to anybody in the church? You got two, but I only gave you one. You must know how you came by the other. But I only gave you one. Is anybody in the church with me? And this is the one that you love. I want you to take him and offer him as a burnt offering in one of the mountains of Moriah. And Abraham begins to have problems with God. And here's the problem. The God that Abraham serves does not accept human sacrifice. Oh, you're quiet. Let me go over here. As that the God that Abraham serves does not accept human sacrifice. But here is God asking Abraham to offer up his son as a sacrifice. Is anybody in the church with me today? Now ladies and gentlemen, what God is asking Abraham to do, can I tell you about God? God never asks you to do anything for him that he's not prepared to do for you. You're, you're, you're quiet. Help me, Jesus. For what God is asking Abraham to do is what God has already decided to do for Abraham. Is anybody in the church with me? The expression is called the antithetical parallelism. Is anybody in the church with me? Where there is an experience in the Old Testament that mirrors one in the New Testament. Because what God is asking Abraham to do is what God is about to do. Is anybody in the church with me? For the same language can be found in John 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Is anybody in the church with me? God is prepared to give up his only son. And God is asking Abraham to give up his only son. So that Abraham became the individual that feels what God feels to give up your only son. I have a feeling that Abraham did not discuss this arrangement with Mrs. Abraham. Because perhaps Mrs. Abraham, recalling the adventure through which she came by this son, 
might have said to Mr. Abraham, I have a better idea. Why don't we offer you instead? Am I talking to anybody in the church? Because you know how we got this boy. Is anybody in the church with me? I hear you come telling me that you go offer him as a sacrifice. Sometimes what God has asked you to do, you cannot ask for anybody's opinion. Help me, Jesus. You cannot ask for anybody's approval. You cannot ask for anybody's support. You've got to do it by yourself. Because not everybody can understand the ways of God. Because spiritual things are spiritually discerned. You can ask your friends for permission. Your friends for advice. Because they don't understand. This is between you and God. This old evangelist knows what I'm talking about. I've, I've preached many evangelistic series and folk have been convicted in their heart to give their heart to Jesus. And they come and they say, Pastor, I'm ready, but I need to talk to my husband first. And for five years now, I've been waiting for them to finish talking to their husband. Am I talking to anybody in the church? Yes, pastor, I'm convinced, but I need to talk to my employer first because I need to get Sabbath off. And for the past five years, the conversation with the employer has not yet been concluded. Sometimes when God convicts you and sometimes when God compels you and sometimes when God impresses you, you've got to just go ahead and do it by yourself. Let them call you crazy. Let them say you're losing your mind. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, that you've got a good thing going with Jesus. The Bible said that Abraham saddled up his donkey. Anybody know what donkeys are? I praise God. I got about two people who know what a donkey is. So we'll preach to the two of you and then we'll come back to everybody else. So Abraham saddled up his donkey. He got two of his servants. He got the wood for the burnt offering, the knife, the fire, and his son. And Abraham is making a three days journey to the mountains of Moriah. Now, I want the church to appreciate that here is a father knowing that he's about to go kill his son. Walking beside the boy for three whole days and can't tell the boy, you are not coming back. Am I talking to anybody in the church? And Abraham has to stay away from shooting the breeze and making small talk because just in case he gets too emotional and the thing slips out, he's got to keep a straight face and control his countenance just in case he begins to wear his heart on his sleeve. Is anybody in the church with me today? He's walking beside his son and cannot tell his son what is about to happen. This is a burden that he must carry by himself. Is anybody in the church with me today? He says to carry this burden by himself. He has to walk with this by himself. Because sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you've just got to carry it by yourself. Can I talk to somebody today? And understand that even when you carry it by yourself, you still have Jesus with you. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Three days journey to the mountains of Moriah. Is anybody here with me? 
The Bible says, the Bible says that Abraham, Isaac, the servants arrived in the mountains of Moriah. Uh-huh. Arriving in the mountains of Moriah, Abraham said to the young men, hear the Bible, abide here with the donkeys. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and come back to you. While you catch up, let me go over here again. Here it is. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and then come back to you. But Abraham, you're about to offer him as a sacrifice. So how come you're telling us that you're going to worship? And then Abraham looks at me and said, Preacher, there is no worship without sacrifice. And there is no sacrifice without worship. Am I talking to anybody in the church today? Sacrifice is not something you get. Sacrifice is something you give. Worship is not something you receive. Worship is something you give. Is anybody in the church with me today? You can't worship unless you sacrifice something. You can't sacrifice something unless you worship. Is anybody in the church with me today? Worship requires sacrifice. You know, it's always fascinating People come to me and people come to church. Have you ever heard them in a church end and folk are outside socializing and you hear somebody said, uh, I didn't get anything out of church today. And then you got to ask yourself, like what were you re expecting to get? Is anybody here? Because worship was never about getting. Worship was always about giving. Oh, Jesus, help me, help me, help me. Is anybody in the church with me? So, so here is the great challenge we have. Folk come to worship, but don't give anything. They sit down where they are and expect that the folk up here go worship for them. You, 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 you're not here. Let me go over here. Let me go over here. So, so we come into church. Is anybody here? We come and we sit. Folk come up here. Uh -huh, and folks uh, opening him. And the praise team comes up and sing opening him. And everybody stands there and look. Is anybody here? Folk reading the scripture reading. And ain't nobody got no Bible. Everybody's standing there and look. Somebody comes to somebody, gets down on their knees and prays for you, and everybody eyes opening and looking. Four come to get the offering, and some people don't even bother to put anything in the plate. Somebody comes up here and sing the poor prestige, singing their hearts out, leading the worship, and everybody sitting down looking, being entertained. Is matter I digress for a moment? The praise team doesn't praise for you. Because the praise team wasn't there when God was blessing you. You, 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 
Am I talking to anybody in the church? They weren't there when God woke you up this morning, set you on your way, put food on your table, healed your body when you were sick, sheltered you from harm, protected you along the roadway, kept your boss from firing you, kept your children in their right mind. They weren't there when God was blessing you. So they can't worship for you. They can't praise for you. You've got to praise God for yourself. The praise team doesn't come to praise for you. They come to lead. They come to lead the church in worship. Am I talking to anybody in the church? But everybody comes and they sit. Can I talk to the church? The preacher gets up and preach and everybody gets up and look. And then we get up and go outside. At what point in all of that did we worship? Show me the worship part. Is anybody in the church with me? All we do is sit down and look. And decide whose subject and verb don't agree. Decide whose colors don't match. Decide you don't like the preacher's accent. Why they got to get a preacher from Jamaica? Am I talking to anybody in the church? The music too loud, the music too soft. The drum too loud, why do we have to have drums? Praise God, it doesn't happen in this church. Ain't nobody saying a thing. Am I talking to anybody in the church? The sermon too long, the sermon too short. We got all kind of issues. Can I talk to the church? Because we have not taken the time to worship. If we take the time to worship, can I talk to the church? You ain't got time to see all of that stuff. You come to church to worship. And worship is not to sit down and look. You've got to open your mouth and give God some praise. Is anybody in the church with me? Because God loves to inhabit our praises. We're going to go yonder and worship and come back to you. Are you still with me? Here it is. Here it is. Abraham is giving his young men information that he and the lad going to worship and he and the lad coming back. But how are you going to come back? If you're going to kill him. Is anybody in the church? Is anybody with me? But then Abraham said to me. Preacher. This boy is a miracle boy. Oh help me Jesus. Can I talk to the church? This fellow is a miracle fellow. We literally got him from the dead. Lord I never heard a church so quiet. But we literally got him from the dead. This boy came when it was biologically impossible. Physically impossible. Is anybody in the church with me today? Romantically impossible. <laughs> this came when, this boy came when Sarah and I were already in retirement. Living on precious memories. Is anybody in the church? God gave him to us from the dead. 
And I believe that the God who gave him to us from the dead knows how to bring him back from the dead. Is anybody in the church with me today? Ladies and gentlemen, Abraham believed that he and the boy going to come back even though he going offer him as a sacrifice. The Bible said that Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on the back of Isaac, his son. And maybe you will find it. Here it is. The same wood on which he's about to be sacrificed is the same wood he's carrying on his back. Oh Lord, help me Jesus. Be, 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 because 2,500 years down the road, there's going to be another type of Isaac that will be sacrificed. And the same wood on which he will be sacrificed is the same wood that he's carrying on his back. Help me, Jesus. Am I talking to anybody in the church? So Isaac becomes a type of Jesus carrying the same wood on his back on which he's about to be sacrificed because somebody asks a question, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. Can I talk to somebody today? He's about to be sacrificed on the wood he's carrying on his back. The Bible said the wood is placed on his back. And here is the exciting part. Are you ready for it? Both of them went together. Isaac is about to be sacrificed. But his father went the journey with him. I wish I had a church in the house. Jesus was about to be sacrificed. But God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Is anybody in the church with me today? He didn't go to cross by himself. Jesus, the father, went to the cross with him. Is anybody in the church with me? And it gives me great hope that when I come to my own trial, when I come to my own crucible, when I come to life's tempestuous waters, I will not go through it by myself. I've got my Savior with me. I've got Jesus with me. I don't have to face the world alone because Jesus will be with me. The, the, as they're journeying, the Bible says that Isaac, young man, around 19, 20, 21 years old, young fella. But Isaac have seen a few sacrifices before. Isaac knows what a sacrifice should look like. He knows what are the ingredients that should be involved in a sacrifice. And as he looked around, he's seeing some things. But then he's seeing that something is missing. Is anybody here? So Isaac said, Father, Abraham said, yes, son. Um, you know, I know sometimes you get a little tired. And sometimes, you know, uh, it's easy to forget a few things. But, but, you know, I was looking around. And I noticed that we're going to do this sacrifice. And I'm seeing that we have wood. Uh, we got knife. Um, we have stuff to make the fire. 
And, and more than likely, we can find some stones where we're going. But my father, tell me something. Where is the lamp? Oh, help me, Jesus. Is anybody in the church with me? I can see Abraham at this point. This is the moment he was dreading. Is anybody in the church with me? This is the moment he was dreading. This is a question that he was never prepared to answer. Can I talk to you? But ladies and gentlemen, just in time, the Spirit of God spoke to his heart. And Abraham opened up his mouth and prophesied like he'd never prophesied before. Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself. You miss it. Am I talking to the church? I said, God will provide himself. The lamb for the burnt offering. Is anybody in the church with me? The text doesn't read, God will provide the lamb for himself. The text read that God. God will provide himself. Oh, help me, Jesus. I said, God will provide himself. As the lamb for the burnt offering. Is anybody in the church with me today? He's not just providing a lamb, but he's providing himself as the lamb. Can I talk to the church, ladies and gentlemen? Because Jesus was still the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. 2,500 years down the road. There's a fella preaching. In the Jordan River. In fact, I got to tell you this. Can I tell you this? Here it is. Here it is. The Bible says that Abraham lifted the knife, tied up the boy. Uh huh. I wish I had time to preach that, but he tied up the boy, put him on the altar. The boy is about 21 years old, but his father, who is over 100 years old, tied him up, put him on the altar. He's 21, father's 100, but he stood there like a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep before her shearer is dumb and did not resist his father tying him up and putting him on the altar. I wish I had a church because ladies and gentlemen, sometime down the road, there's going to be another type of Isaac will allow his father to tie him up, can I talk to the church, with the sins of the world, put him on a cross to be sacrificed. Can I talk to somebody today? <laughs> Abraham lifted the knife and offered his son as a sacrifice. I just let it go around and come back. He Offered his son as a sacrifice. Is anybody here? Watch the preacher. I didn't say he killed him. I said he offered him. <coughs> because sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we think that God wants us to go to the extreme. Is anybody in the church with me? Abraham didn't have to kill him. He simply had to offer him. We shall have a church in the house. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you think that God wants you to die for him. He doesn't want you to die for him. He simply wants you to be willing to do it. 
Is anybody in the church? He doesn't want you to give up everything for him. He simply wants you to be willing to do it. He doesn't want you to, is anybody in the church with me? He simply wants you to be willing to do it because the willingness is as good as the action. Am I talking to anybody in the church? Because ladies and gentlemen, for God, attitude is as good as action. Ladies and gentlemen, Abraham offered his son, but he didn't have to kill him. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, God wants you just to show that you're willing. But it is 2,500 years down the road. There's a fellow baptizing in the Jordan River. His name, John the Baptizer. Bible says that John is baptizing. And as he's baptizing, he's declaring that there's one coming after me. The latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to untie. When he comes, he will baptize you with fire and the spirit. Can I talk to the church? And ladies and gentlemen, as John lifted up his eyes, he looked into the water. And coming towards him was his first cousin. Can I talk to the church? And John, ladies and gentlemen, was about to make a declaration. Because 2,500 years earlier, Isaac asked the question, where is the lamb? Isaac died and didn't see the lamb. Abraham died and didn't see the lamb. Jacob died and didn't see the lamb. David died and didn't see the lamb. But ladies and gentlemen, with God, it may be long, but it won't be forever. Is anybody in the church with me today? Because ladies and gentlemen, even though years had passed and generations had passed, the question that Abraham asked was about to be answered. Father, where is the lamb? John the Baptist lifted up his eyes and declared, Behold the lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Somebody must understand that God is still true to his word. Bible said that he grew up in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. Jesus excelled. Grew up in a place called Nazareth. The place was so bad that they asked the question, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Is anybody in the church with me? But ladies and gentlemen, even though so much was going on around him, there was sin behind him, there was sin beneath him, there was sin above him, there was sin before, behind, and beside him, but bless the name of Jesus, there was no sin in him. Is anybody in the church with me today? And ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says he grew up and one day they arrested him. Can I talk to the church? They arrested him, betrayed by a kiss by his own disciple Judas. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, might I digress to tell you that Judas had to kiss Jesus because by this time oh, everybody looked so much alike that they wasn't sure which one was Jesus. You see, when you're a child of God, you must look so much like God that folk don't have to ask you if you're a child of God. They arrested him, tried him, beat him, put a cross on his back, a crown on his head. 
took this hand and they nailed it. Took this hand and they nailed it. Nailed his feet and suspended him between heaven and earth. And while he suspended between heaven and earth, the priest is in the temple with a little lamb tied up on the altar, about to offer the lamb as a sacrifice. Am I talking to the church? I said he's about to offer the lamb as a sacrifice. But just about the time that he was about to offer the lamb as a sacrifice, the Bible said that darkness covered the earth. The earth shook, ladies and gentlemen, and an invisible hand rent the curtain from top to bottom. And the place shook so hard that the knife fell out of the hand of the priest and the little lamb got up and ran away because the lamb of God could not get away. Is anybody in the church with me today? Ladies and gentlemen, that little lamb escaped because the lamb of God could not escape. And in this moment... Jesus traded places with his children. The little lamb ran away because the lamb of God could not escape. And the word from God to somebody in the house today is this. Every little lamb that is tied up on the altar of sin, you can escape. Oh, you didn't hear me? I say you can escape because the Lamb of God traded places with you. You don't have to be sacrificed because he took your place on the altar. You can get up and run away. And know that the devil had a knife in his hand waiting to take your life. But God shook the knife out of his hand. The devil had lost the knife. Can I talk to the church? You are now free to escape, to run away, and to be free from the clutches of sin. Because the Lamb of God traded places with you. The songwriter says, what does the cross of Jesus really mean? It's more than tongues can tell. Much more than the emblem on your chain. What it means is that I'm free. Hmm? It means that I'm, that I'm free. Hmm? From the chains of, of misery. Because the, the cross will always represent the love God has for me. When the Lord of glory, heaven sent, gave all in Calvary just for me. Just for me. Jesus came and he did it just for me. Stand with me, everybody. Praise thee. Well, the cross will always represent the love God has for me. When the Lord of glory heaven sent 
gave all. Gave all on Calvary. Just for me. Just for me. Just for me. Jesus came. Jesus came and did it just for me. One more time. Well, the cross will always represent the love God has for me. When the Lord of glory, heaven sent, gave all on Calvary just for me. somebody in the house of God today who just want to say thank you Jesus that you came and did it just for me.